0: I uh, love road trips. I'm not sure how many of you like road trips, but I love road trips, and there's just something about being out on the the open highway. I have to say, however, that my favorite road trips are those on deserted desert roads, whether paved or unpaved. The kinds of roads in which few cars are passed, services are basically non-existent, and the horizon is, is endless. And while there are a few such roads left out there like that, uh, they are getting harder to find. Whenever I've been on empty roads, sometimes I just like to roll all the windows down and listen to the wind blowing around inside of the car. Other times, however, I love turning on tunes, a variety of music that captures some of the feelings that you can have when you're rolling down the highway. Here are some excerpts from just a few lyrics from a few songs that I have found roadworthy over the years. From the movie The Baghdad, Baghdad Cafe, or these lyrics, a desert road from Vegas to nowhere, someplace better than where you have been, a coffee machine that needs some fixing in a little cafe just around the bend. Or, of course, Willie's great tune, On the Road Again. And from Easy Rider, another great movie about road trips. Get your motor running, head out on the highway looking for adventure and whatever comes our way. Born to be wild. Well, decades ago I was on a road trip heading back to my hometown and I decided to, to get off the interstate and to travel across desert back roads. I remember seeing very few cars and I stayed on that empty road for hours and hours. It fit where I was in in life at the time. I was in a period of life which I felt alone, isolated, and I knew I had some internal work to do. While the song, Is There Anybody Out There, by the band Pink Floyd, would not be written for another 20 years or more, I would have listened to that tune a bunch on that road trip had it been around. You see, what I've come to realize over the years is that The feelings and thoughts I had so long ago on that road trip was really all about wondering if I was really alone or if God was real and with me. Have any of you ever wondered in your life, is there anybody out there? Is God out there? Have you ever at some point felt abandoned by God or that God was a million miles away and hard to find? Well, if so, you are in great company because most people of faith I know that have a resilient, mature faith have had to journey through life passages in which God felt absent, not out there anywhere, or simply silent. So this morning I'm going to begin a short two-part series titled Is There Anybody Out There? And while not necessarily a joyful topic, I believe it's imperative that we explore this subject now and then as frankly most of us go through such times at various points in our lives of wondering where God is. And by digging into the experience of wondering why God seems absent or silent, we set ourselves up for moving through such passages with greater wisdom and hopefully some greater insight. Well, to get us started, let's take a look briefly at Some people who have felt the absence of God, the silence of God, or simply wondered, is there anybody out there? C.S. Lewis, after he lost his wife, wrote this. Sometimes when you are happy, you are so happy, you have no sense of needing God. And when you are happy, if you remember to turn to God and thank God with praise and gratitude, you will feel so welcomed by God with open arms. But go to God when your need is desperate, when all other help seems in vain, and what do you find? A door slammed in your face, and a sound of bolting and double bolting on the inside, and after that, silence. Mother Teresa wrote, Lord, my God, who am I that you should forsake me? When I try to raise my thoughts to heaven, there is such convincing emptiness that those very thoughts return to me like sharp knives that hurt my soul. Or how about Job from our reading today? Job had lost everything, and his friends were of very little use, mostly because they tried to give Job advice. He didn't need. He simply wanted their presence. And it was during this time that Job said, if only I knew where to find God, I'd go there. I go east, but God is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. God is hidden. And then how about Elijah He was on the run from a king who wanted to kill him. He was alone and afraid, and one day he sits underneath a tree and prays. And he says, God, I've had enough. I'm no better off than my ancestors who are dead. Elijah felt isolated and separate from God whom he loved. Or how about the woman in our reading today from Mark? For 12 years, no matter what she did, she did not get better. Certainly, she felt God's absence during that time. Or Mary and Martha, after their brother Lazarus dies, they wait for long, agonizing days for Jesus to show up. Clearly, they wondered, where on earth is Jesus? And then there is Jesus himself, who yelled on the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Well, the stories I just shared illustrate what it means to be a human being. Part of what it means to be flesh and blood and part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This does not mean that we stay in such dark places forever, though. None of the people I mentioned remained in those dark spaces, but they certainly experienced God's absence in poignant ways at various times during their lives. But what it does mean is that when we feel God's absence or silence, it's an invitation for us to say something like, okay, this is where I am right now doesn't feel good, but it's normal. It's part of the faith journey. It's a very much part of what it means to follow Jesus. And a lot of people of amazing faith have gone through this and gotten through it. Now, I need to remember what this is about and what it's not about and what I might do. While I believe what I just said, I've also have to say that there have been passages in which I've forgotten something really important, to state it again. It is normal to feel that God is absent or silent or non-responsive at times and that we will get through it and we will not stay there. Reminds me of a time years ago I was in a monastery in the hills of Oklahoma. I've talked about this before in a variety of settings, but I was trying to figure out what God was up to in my life, and it was there by myself one day. I was out on the monastery grounds walking through some trees when all of a sudden my faith just suddenly vanished. I immediately wanted to pack up and go home. I wanted to give up the idea of going to seminary, and I felt that God was nowhere to be found, and that the answer to the question, is there anybody out there, was a clear no. But there's one thing that made that whole period of time worse. I beat myself up for feeling the way I did. I lost touch with the important truth that our journey in faith sometimes includes the feeling that God is absent or silent. I forgot that it's normal and just part of the deal. I forgot that it was an experience to turn into, not away from, an experience to share with other people of faith. I forgot that it was a time in which invaluable growth and wisdom and insight into my relationship with God could propel forward. So for the rest of today and next week, I'd like to share some little tidbits of things to keep in mind when we're having a hard time feeling that God is to be found. Well, to get started with with things to keep in mind about this topic, I'd like to explore something with you at first. And that is the experience of longing. Most of us have longed for something or someone at some point in life. We can long for better health, Happy children, a different place to live, friends, another job. We can long for different economic circumstances, a different way of showing up in the world. We can long for someone to love and be loved by. We can long for summertime in the midst of winter. We can long for relief from stress or even for for clarity when we're faced with a big decision. The list of things that we as human beings long for is boundless. And there's another feeling that is closely connected to a sense of longing, and that's the sense that something's missing in my life. And such a sense that something is missing can feel like a nudge that just won't go away, or like a tap on the shoulder that won't stop, or like an unexplained hole we're not sure how to fill. And whether we long for something or feel something is missing, it's important to point out that such feelings can be a good thing. Such feelings can be an invitation to make a needed change or to go in a different direction with something or someone. Such feelings can nudge us to face something we've not been willing to face. Such feelings can move us to shift what we're doing, how we think, and how we see things. Such feelings for longing or missing something can be just what we need. But sometimes when we feel a sense of longing, sometimes when we sense that something is missing, It's about something entirely different. Here's what the writer Sheila Walsh says. The woman who has a hundred pairs of shoes in her closet is longing for more than foot fashion. The one who reaches for another drink until the day is obliterated is longing for more than just an alcohol-induced coma. When you shove one more cookie into your mouth and it no longer tastes good, it's not because you're hungry for cookies. You're hungering for something more. When one disappointing relationship leads to another and another, yet you keep moving on, perhaps it's not that you have not met Mr. Right yet, but the one you long for is above them all. She goes on to say, in essence, sometimes our longings are not really about what we think about at all, that sometimes what we are longing for is God. God. And I would add that sometimes when we feel something is missing, that often that sense of missing is all about missing God. But with this said, it's important to keep something in mind. When our longing or our sense of missing is really all about God, it is God who puts those feelings within us to begin with sense of longing comes from God. Lots of people have said that our sense of longing for God does not start with us. It comes from God. That when we feel a longing, it is because God is seeking us. Saying this another way, sometimes when we're looking for God, longing for God, or not feeling like we're encountering God, it's because actually God is missing us wanting more of us, wanting all of us. This means that sometimes when we feel God's absence, what we're really experiencing is God's presence of longing for us. There's one more way to look at this whole idea of longing too. The other day I left the house. We have three dogs. God knows why, but we have three dogs at home. It was a long day, a lot was accomplished, and when I finally returned home and walked in the door, I was greeted by three leaping, licking, barking beasts. They were overjoyed to see me. They missed me, and I believe in their own dog-like way. They probably longed for me while I was away. Our dogs missed me because they know me. They long for me because they know I'm in their lives. Likewise, I don't long for people I've never met but I sure miss and long for people I know and love. This is perhaps an illustration that when we're longing for God or feeling like God is missing, it means that at some level we already know God and that God is there even when God feels absent or silent. As one person writes, how can we long for God? How can we long for a God we have never experienced? How can we miss a face we've never seen? Absence follows presence. And therefore, absence is its own kind of presence. A couple of other brief things today about things to keep in mind when we feel God's absence. Some of you um, know Oswald Chambers. He was born in the late 1800s. He was an evangelist. His most well-known book is a little gem of a book called My Utmost for His Highest. Maybe you've seen it. It's a compilation of daily reflections. Oswald spent time all over the place, Scotland, England, Japan, and the United States. He had a deep care for people on the margins. One day he moved to Egypt, where he died at age 43. Clearly, the challenges he endured and his deep love of God shaped who he was. But he also experienced, at various times in his life, God's silence and absence. And here's what he wrote with words that I find to be very powerful. Oswald Chambers writes, Has God trusted you with his silence? A silence that has great meaning. God's silences can actually be God's answers. Can God trust you with his silence? God's silence is a sign that God is bringing you into an even more wonderful understanding of God. When you cannot hear God, you will find that God has trusted you in the most intimate way possible. If God has given you a silence, God is actually bringing you into the mainstream of his purposes. And thinking about those words, when I first read them, I know that if I was in the depths of despair or hurt and God seemed silent, I'm not sure at first that I'd find those words to be comforting without a lot of further thought. But upon pondering these words over these last few days, they they began to make some sense to me. Think of intimate human relationships. When you are with someone you know and love deeply, is it not true that sometimes the most powerful things happen or are communicated through silence when nothing is said? Such silence is a sign of a very close and trusted relationship. And perhaps this means that in passages in which God is silent, it is actually a sign of God's astonishing intimacy and trust of us. Now I know when we feel that God is silent or far away, it can hurt like hell and be upsetting. Yet perhaps Oswald Chambers' words are an invitation to at least consider looking at God's silence or felt absence in a different way when it happens. Maybe such things are a sign of intimacy. Maybe such things are a sign that we already have the answers that we are looking for. Maybe it is a way of God compelling us to seek God with more passion and fervor. Maybe it's a way in which God is working to draw us in closer. Said another way, perhaps when we feel God is silent or absent, there are blessings to be found that would not otherwise happen. The intimacy of silence. And finally today, briefly, there's the whole issue of trust. Trust with another person comes about because a person demonstrates being trustworthy over the course of time. Trusting another person is also a choice we make. We choose to trust or not to trust. When you get down to it, I believe that trust is a dichotomous choice. We either trust or we don't. And I believe the same is true of our relationship with God. And I want you to think about something for a moment. If you look back over your entire life since the day you were born, Do you find blessings? As you think back over your entire life since the day you were born, do you find unexpected joys and good things have happened? As you look back over your life, do you reflect and see surprise encounters or someone coming into your life you never anticipated? Coincidences that led to something special? Think of all the good in your life since you were born and realize that all such things are gifts from God. They represent God's record of being trustworthy. All such things show that God wants good for each of you and me. Can this truth, can this track record of blessings help us to make the decision to trust God no matter what? Simple and easy? Of course not. Especially when things have gone south. But this is all an invitation for us to make the decision to trust God every day. God, today, I choose to trust you. It can be a game changer. So I'll continue next week, but to wrap up for today, keep these things in mind and think on them and pray about them when you wonder, is anybody out there? Remember, most people who have faith, even a mature, resilient faith, have felt the absence and silence of God. It is normal, part of the deal, and there's nothing wrong with you. We all have longings or a sense that something is missing at times. Such feelings can be good because they can propel us to make a change or move in a different direction. But they can also mean that it is God who is seeking us and that it is God who put those feelings within us to begin with. Silence and absence, while painful and hard and tough, can end up being a blessing, including a sign of God's intimacy with us. And finally, trust is a daily decision. So next week we'll continue with some other things to keep in mind about this whole subject. Whenever you and I are on that isolated road, Wondering, is there anybody out there? Let us pray.